I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Uncover Your Magic. I hope your end of summer was amazing. And if you have kids back to school, that it was a success. And now we're back to the routines. Well, I know that's what is going on here with our family. But I just wanted to wish you a new fall, even though we can't even feel fall because of this heat we're experiencing. I've never been so grateful for air conditioning. But I just wanted to wish you all a great back to school, happy end of summer, and just hope that you're all good and safe and cool. (laughs) But I just also wanted to thank you all for reaching out, especially a few weeks ago when I put that episode out with my girls. That was such a last minute idea, and it was a huge success. I had so many moms connect and actually sign their kids up for Raising Confidence because of what we talked about on the show. I now have a full class of both Raising Confidence and even the parents signed up for the Magic Path. So the next eight weeks, we will be busy learning about mindset tools and so many more magical ways to transform not only their children's lives, but their family as a whole. I get so excited to begin a new session with people who have no idea how much their lives are going to change. It fills my heart with so much love and excitement. It's not too late to get on the next wait list. So if you, if this sounds good to you, or you think you want your kids or your family to do this, just connect with me through my email at ashleygonner at gmail.com, or there's links in the show notes. You can DM me on social media, connect with me, ask me questions. We can have a Zoom call, whatever it takes. I'm on a mission to empower these children and families to live in this amazing vibration and gratitude and having their morning routine and all the things that I really, really strongly feel is so important to not only the children, but the families. Anyway, I am going to introduce you to the guest I am bringing on today. If you ever wanted to help your family, your loved ones, or anybody to heal and wish there was something hands-on you could do, then this is the show you want to listen to. It's He's amazing. Today, I'll be talking with Richard Gordon, best-selling author of Your Healing Hands, The Polarity Experience, the author of one of my favorite books on healing, Quantum Touch, The Power to Heal. Richard Gordon is the founder of Quantum Touch. 
It's an organization. He is a visionary and a pioneer with 40 years of experience in the field of energy medicine. Richard is the best-selling author of Quantum Touch, The Power to Heal, now published in 17 languages, and Your Healing Hands, The Polarity Experience, available in 10 languages. While attending Christos School of Natural Healing in Taos, New Mexico in the 70s, Richard discovered the power of working with energies and hands-on healing. This work led to a wide range of further discoveries as Richard began to explore all the energies around his hands. He eventually met an awe-inspiring healer named Bob Rasmussen, who had an extraordinary ability to heal people's bodies with his hands. Richard began apprenticing with him, and this is how his work was born. Richard founded the Quantum Touch organization more than 16 years ago. The organization currently has more than 1,000 certified practitioners in 50-plus countries around the globe. Their vision and mission is to help improve the health and quality of life for many people using simple, easy-to-learn energy healing techniques. With his expertise and passion for sharing the message about hands-on healing, Richard has traveled around the globe to speak at medical centers, conferences, and chiropractic colleges. He was faculty at Hartwood Institute and the Holistic Health Institute. Quantum touch is a method of natural healing that works with life force energy of the body to promote optimal wellness. This is just a small little background about Richard Gordon. I know you'll be so fascinated like I was when I first learned about his work. And now I'm wanting to take it further and get you all to understand how powerful you are and to begin this energetic healing we are all capable of. So please welcome this amazing guest that I'm so honored to have on the show, Richard Gordon. Welcome, Richard. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. Coming from Maui. Oh, beautiful. Yes. What a beautiful place to be living. It is amazing. Every day it's just you see new rainbows and clouds on mountains and such. It's really lovely. Oh, well, I connected with you because I listened to you on Michael Sandler's podcast, Inspire Nation. Yes. And then as soon as I yes. heard that, I went down the rabbit hole where I did Uh my deep dive on Richard Gordon. And I just was so fascinated by, you know, where you started the quantum touch healing. And then I went into, I bought some books and started learning about your take on law of attraction. So if we could start, I would really love for people to understand like back in 1978, when you met Bob Rasmussen and how even before that you're writing a book and you're into this quantum touch, because it's, I believe I have two children, a 13 year old and a 16 year old. And Mm -hmm. I teach this. I teach the way you teach law of attraction to teenagers because I believe the feeling and the, the love and the future so I want to get into that too, but I really believe that yes. who you are and who you began to be, who you became at the beginning was this quantum touch healer. So if people could kind of get an understanding of how that works, which is amazing right. and where I want life, I see the vision that you do in schools and hospitals. It's going to be the future. I already see it. I feel it. Uh, I, I've given love to it, like you say. Yeah. So the last chapter, 
The last chapter of every book I write, I write about what, or second to last chapter, I write about what possible futures these things could open up. It would change education, it would change every field, all the medical care, it would change everything. Oh, and okay. so people just be aware of something new that would change your life in a profound way. So I yes. started in, in the mid-70s. I was fascinated with my own health because I didn't have much of it. And the doctor said, let's wait till you get worse and then we'll see what we can do for you. And I was properly insulted. He said, you have lots of symptoms, but let's wait till it gets worse and I'll give you medication. Okay, well, that's not a good idea. So I went to a holistic health school. I learned about polarity therapy. I wrote an extraordinary book that was like in 10 languages called Your Healing Hands about polarity therapy. And I thought I was doing state-of-the-art, incredible healing work until I met Bob Rasmussen in 1978. The first book came out in 1978. So then what happened was Bob showed me things that my jaw just dropped to the floor. I couldn't believe these things were possible. And I apprenticed with him, took over in his retirement, and developed the Quantum Touch curricula. And that was for about 17 years after that, I wasn't able to take it to another level. I just didn't know where to go to find what would go beyond this. And then all of a sudden one day, oh my God, I had this, this incredible breakthrough and it opened the door to other discoveries. Then I found an empirical way to explore the intersection of matter and consciousness through this energy healing work. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing so many miracles through this energy healing work. You know, the, the bottom line is that every family member, every friend, every parent, every child would want to know how to do this if they knew it was possible. If they knew it was real, everybody would want to learn it. But mm -hmm. the powers that the medical industry isn't really keen on prevention or healing they want to do intervention and sell drugs and surgeries and whatever. And so they're not looking for prevention or interventions that aren't invasive. They're looking for ways of doing things that make them more money. So this was the beginning of this long journey that I've been taking that eventually evolved into the exploration of matter and consciousness because we can now empirically explore this field, which the scientists don't believe is possible. And then beyond that, I started seeing how we could use the energy for the law of attraction. Right. And that's why I wrote uh, Hacking the Law of Attraction book. So this yes, is just, just my... That. I love it. Yes. Yes. But we go to the place where when your jaw dropped, what was going, like when he, what he was doing that really yeah. caught your attention so, that started that shift. Yeah. Here's this... 50-year-old, morbidly obese, blasé grandpa, you know, balding, and he'd tell tall tales. And I didn't believe anything he said. He'd say, well, you know, there was a time the woman had a tumor the size of a grapefruit and it melted away in one session. And then there's a time the child broke his leg around the pool and I spent an hour and a half. And then and that day he was walking comfortably on the leg. And then there's, the, you know, the bone was coming out of the skin. It was so bad, the break. He saw the bone coming back. He said, oh, I just touch people and their bones move back to alignment with a light touch. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe any of this stuff. And there's my girlfriend standing five feet away from me. I have perfect eyesight. And I'm seeing her scoliosis. And he touches her hips and they just roll under his hand. 
And I see the cranial bones are uneven and then they just level out like that. And then I see him going up and down her spine for 10 minutes, maybe eight minutes, whatever it was. And 50% of her scoliosis is straightened out the big S curve in her spine and just straightened out. And my jaw was on the floor. I thought he has a rare gift. No one is ever going to learn to do this. Certainly not me, but in the course of that workshop, I was able to start to move bones. Now, the moving the bones is a visible, exciting thing that's a demonstration that something is happening, but it represents less than 1% of the interest people have in the healing work because we, until COVID, we had thousands of testimonials on our website that we had to take them all down because they called those medical claims when they're actually just testimonials. So we had to... We had to blase our website up. You know, we had to take everything down that had any edge to it and make it all bland. And um, but we had dozens of stories of people who had healed major burns really quickly. We've got, you know, for injuries or for organ conditions and, you know, lots of stuff that's no longer on the website because we're not allowed to explore these things in the new culture that we have. So that was the beginning of this long journey. And for a long time, I was doing a lot of sessions myself. And and now we have thousands of practitioners around the world and maybe over 100 instructors around the world teaching workshops. And now we're seeing many of my instructors and students doing things that I've never been able to do. We even have a free little workshop we put out using the energy to do some telekinesis where they'll have like a piece of aluminum foil sitting on a pin, you know, and there'll be a jar over the top of it. So wind is not going to affect it. And she has her hands on the side of it and she's blowing on it and nothing happens. And then she meditates and then the thing starts spinning. You can actually see it. And she taught a workshop recently on spoon bending and somebody one of the people took a fork and took the tines and we're we're bending the tines on the fork is that what they uh, call them those little things yeah anyway, yes. you know, and, and so yeah so we're just seeing this goes into wide ranges of human potential that's the exciting thing yes it could change physics medicine psychology and our cosmology of who we think we are and what we think we are forever right. But because it's considered a break from the old paradigm, the old paradigm says that everything real will be measured with math, physics, and logic. That if it can't be explained with math, physics, and logic, it isn't real. Well, what about love? How are you going to measure the love? How are you going to measure how much you care? You know, no, you cannot express these things. And then the love travels anywhere you bring your attention, you're there. So you really can send your love. And that's where the distant healing happens. Anyway, it's many, many areas to jump into. I know there, no, there are so many, but I love it. When you talked about there's examples like the bunny, the little boy that had was raised or was born with an alcoholic mother. Like we go into some of yeah. that so people can understand the the yeah. real. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing. The miracles. Yeah. yeah. When I first started learning it, I studied with Bob and of friend brought a bunny rabbit to my home. It was Easter time. And I thought it was really cute to have a bunny running around the house. And then I realized there's pellets all over the carpet. I better put the bunny back in its box. 
So I, the bunny doesn't want to be captured. So I have to corner it and I put my hands on the back of the bunny and now it's trembling. Like I'm going to kill it. And instead (laughs) what I do is I, I think, well, why don't I just try using this energy? So I'm the quantum touch work uses breathing and body awareness to raise your vibration. And you move your awareness through your body and you use it with your breath. And there's different patterns that we can tap into. And I held the energy to the bunny. And because the bunny was so scared and was able to relax so quickly, it continued to relax. And then it pushed against my hands and it flipped itself on its back with its stretched out like it's laying on the beach in Maui. And then my my girlfriend's looking at it like, what? The bunny just like rolls up around its back and stretched out. Wow. And then there was this woman, Marjorie, and I was told to go visit her. And she was bent over from osteoporosis so badly. And I was going to do a demonstration to a group of people. So I had her put a shirt on backwards so we could look at her back. And it was horrendous. It looked like dinosaur bones sticking out. There would be one here, one here, one over wow. there, and the next one would be over here somewhere. It was like really scary. And there hmm. was, and some were sticking out really far and some were indented. Wow. And I would start just working on this spot, then working on that spot, then working on this spot and just going up and down her spine. And people would come by and say, is that looking better? Is that my imagination? You know, I think it's looking better. Wow, it's starting to look really that's clearly better. Oh my God. Every vertebra is in a totally straight line. And the ones that were indented had come out and the ones that were pushed out like dinosaur bones had come back in. And like it was choreographed in a movie, her daughter opens up some double doors and mom had just stepped off the table and she's standing upright and she's a tall woman. I had no idea. I'm a small guy. And so, you know, she said, mom, you're standing up straight and just burst out crying. Wow. And so when I got back to my friend's house where I was staying in LA, I'm sitting against a wall on the floor and I'm thinking to myself, that didn't happen. I mean, really loud voice saying to me, that didn't happen. And I had to review. Okay, this is how she looked at me in the eyes when I first arrived. And then this is, is that looking better? Is that my imagination? And oh my God, mom, you're standing up straight. I had to review every one of the details a couple times to myself, huh. so I didn't go to denial because I was so shocked. I've had so many what I call delightful life shock experiences where you see things that stretch your idea of what reality is. And it gets to be so profound that mm-hmm. you're making these shifts and you, you just didn't even think you could ever get to this place. Like, I'm sure, Ashley, you've gone through your journey where you discovered law of attraction was working. Right. And, and you had to change some of your viewpoints about, oh, this is how reality works. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. You know, when you talk about the, when you're healing, because I know you do it in person and we, do, you know, for people to understand, you know, you can do it without even being on Zoom, on a phone, not oh, even yeah. on a phone, right? Not even on but a when, phone, yeah. When you talk about like your finger, when you have that visual where you have someone take their finger and because t- I yes. think that's a good way, a good exercise for people so, to understand that. Yeah. So here's the idea of energy healing. Let's, let's start there and I'll get to the finger. The idea is a healer is someone who was sick and got well. A great healer was very sick and got well quickly. 
when we're doing the work, what we're actually doing is we're holding a field of energy and the other person will match your energy and train to it. Then their body intelligence and spiritual intelligence does the work to do the healing. So ultimately, all healing is actually self-healing. And it looks like the healer is the one who's sending the energy and yes. doing the work, but doing their work. But the other person is actually the healer. And they're the ones who gets well. I can't well you. I can't do you that way. I can love you, but you have to be able to receive the love too. So right. what we do in order to do this is we're using the energy that the Chinese and the Japanese have talked about, the prana, the Indian yogis, the chi of the Chinese, the ki of the of the uh Japanese, we're using this life force energy, the animating current of life. And how do we harness it? How do we get it? Well, you don't have to be a seventh son or touched by a dolphin or have a near death experience. It's automatic because it's who and what we are. So we teach some very simple breathing and body awareness techniques. And the simplest one is, can you feel your finger? Right. Well, pretty much everybody can, but not everybody can. And even if you can't, we've got ways around it. And so put all your awareness in your finger. You might even look at your finger and see if you can feel the parts that you're looking at. Can you feel your fingernail? Can you feel under your fingernail? Can you feel the blood pulsing through your finger? Can you feel how the skin wraps around the finger? If you breathe into it as if you were actually breathing into your, your finger, can you intensify the sensations in your finger? And most people can do this. You once, you know, the funny thing was the ones that had the hardest time learning were postdocs graduates at the University of Arizona. I had seven of them over at my house for a mm -hmm. pool party and only one could feel their finger. That's why they call PhDs uh, permanent head damage. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's so funny. So talk, let's talk about heart energy. Because you talk a lot yes. about that. I love yeah. this because the way you even talk about your brain versus your mind. And I mean, I resonate with everything that you talk about. And I want everyone to hear your take on those things. <laughs> well, yeah, it turned out that when Bob was teaching it, he was just having people move awareness through their body and and running the energy out their hands. And that works. It's brilliant. It's powerful stuff. And when we were doing distant healing with that, we would hold our hands and imagine the person between your hands and, and we'd work with the energy that way. Then what happened was I discovered that I could bring the awareness through my body as if I was doing the regular session, but then I focused it on my heart chakra and just feel the love, feel the gratitude, feel the adoration. And then use that vibration and then project that energy to any place or even a future that you want to manifest or to change your life. And so I project that energy there. And the way I, I was able to uh, test it initially was, can I align people's hips and cranial bones without touching them? See, I like empirical tests. I don't mm -hmm. like to believe people. I want to know what's actually true. And I don't like to believe nonsense. So I, I challenged myself and I said, look, this person's hips are clearly high on this side. There's just no doubt about it. Now, if I meditate, can I align them? And I would meditate 
And I found out that if I sent the energy from the heart chakra to the hips, I could get the hips to align. And then one day, one of my students taught me about the bone behind the nose and eyes called the sphenoid bone. And then I realized that if I sent the energy to the sphenoid bone and gave it a little turn, doesn't matter which way I'm turning it because I'm not doing the healing, their body is doing it. It figures out where it's supposed to go. What happens is instantly the hips untwist and the cranial bones untwist and they'll stay that way permanently for the rest of their life. Wow. And it works 99 plus percent of the time. So here's an exciting one. I was so frustrated that as much as I've wanted to tell the world about these discoveries, I've just been hitting roadblocks. Like when I went to the University of Arizona and I tried to show the scientists, they all agreed that what I was showing them was unquestionably real. Okay. They'd measure each other's hips and then I would touch them with an object I'd meditated on and the hips aligned and they all got really excited. Four of them said they wanted to research and publish. And then they bragged about the MRIs and CT scans and other equipment they had and how they have state-of-the-art. They're going to get the best measurements. It's going to be fantastic. And then the first guy says, but if I know if I do this, I'll never receive tenure at the university. Mm -hmm. And number two, three, four said, yeah, doing this would be academic suicide. Wow. And so... So they all backed out. And then the head professor said, there's probably no university in the United States or Europe open to what you discovered. So, oh, wow. uh, and then he compared me to Ignaz Samuel Gregor Mendel, William James, James Lind, Galileo, Ignaz Samuel I mean, not was that Giordano Bruno. He compared me to all these people who huh. had all been ignored or tortured or killed or whatever. And he said, you're probably not going to be known in this lifetime for what you discovered. Wow. Because it's too far at the box because there's no university in US or Europe open to a post-material science and to show that love has impact on the outer reality. So this led me to create a five-part documentary series. And I'm working with the producer director of What the Bleep. Yes. And one of the co-creators of that movie and we are now in the editing stage. So maybe oh, wow. in six or eight months from now, it'll be out. It's the, called Galileo the Galileo Project? Oh, yeah. The Galileo, yeah, the Galileo Project. Project. Okay. So what would happen if you had paradigm-changing information before the world was ready for it? And we've got all these other luminaries like Dean Radin and Roger Nelson from the Pear Lab and just wonderful people who have been doing this work forever, showing it from many, many perspectives. I'm probably only in it for about seven minutes. But oh, wow. it, it's, it's my way of saying, hey, there's something more here. And like you going down the rabbit hole with this work, once you learn that it's real, mm -hmm. that you can do it, and it's absolutely invaluable piece of knowledge you should have learned in elementary school or yes. high school, or certainly college at the latest, mm -hmm. it, but because it breaks the model of, of modern science to be able to align a hundred people simultaneously, which I did at the Smart Life Forum in Silicon Valley. How do you do that? It's easy. Say, does everybody want this done? And any, raise your hand if you don't. Okay. You all say yes. All right. Great. Stand <laughs> up. All right. I'm just going to look around the room and see everybody here. That took the longest. That was about 10 seconds. Like, okay, I'm kind of including everybody in my mind. I just, okay, I got everybody's okay. here. Then I joined them all in my mind as one iconic person, like a mannequin or something, like a doll, okay. into one iconic. So, okay, now I've joined you all together in my mind. That was the hard part. 
The easy part was, okay, now I'm just going to meditate on the sphenoid bone of that. I gave a, I gave a little turn. And I did it out loud while I was doing it so they could hear right. what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, people in the back of the room and all over, oh, my neck stopped hurting, or my, my sinuses opened up, or my headache is gone, or my back doesn't hurt. And we got like eight or nine people just bursting out saying something had changed. Hmm. And, but the, the point of the alignment is not its therapeutic value. And it does have some moderate therapeutic value. The point is a demonstration of who and what we are as spiritual beings, as yes. entities that feel love, that can project the love, that can do healing work, that there's no such thing as distance, that love doesn't know time. You can work in the past. You can work in the future. We're just at the very beginning stages of extraordinary discoveries and developments. And I'm just one of the people to crack the door open. I wrote in the book that you were reading about uh, hacking the law of attraction. I said, look, I discovered new territory, but I've only made it out to the mailbox. Right. I don't know what's in territory. I just don't crack the door open. I'm looking through the totally. keyhole at this new territory. But here's right. how to get there. Here's how yes. to start exploring it in a tangible way. Oh, I love it. But when you talk about the, you had... You can meditate on an, an object in the water, in yes. the boiling water, in the ice cubes, okay. and the penny. You saw that too. Yes. 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 So explain that because when you can put your consciousness into an object. So the way this happened was I was at a very famous cafe, the Bulletproof Cafe in Santa Monica. I had played golf in the morning and I was wearing the same sweater I had played golf in. And there was a golf tee in my pocket. And I had a really dumb thought, and I love dumb thoughts. And the <laughs> dumb thought was, what would happen if I meditate on the golf tee as if I was aligning somebody's sphenoid bone? So I did the meditation to align the sphenoid bone in the golf tee, so to speak. And then, well, let me just hand it to somebody and see what happens. And it instantly aligned their hips. I go, no, no, that can't be true. But I tried it again, right? Six, seven times in a row, and it worked every time instantly. I thought, well, what about the plastic lid to my coffee cup? Would that, you know, it's plastic. Who who likes plastic, right? You have to have a special crystal that's been, you know, right. touched by a dolphin or something. And <laughs> I meditate on the plastic lid and I touch somebody with a lid and it worked right away. Bam. Are they feeling thought, what that? About? What are the people when you say it worked? What, is, okay. what do you mean by that? You see, all right. So what I've learned to do is you come up on the sides of a person's hips and you come over the top and you press down you see, over the top until you get to the top and it, you get over the top and you press down and you feel the top of the hip bone. Okay. Then I get my eyes level with the hip bone. And if they look like this, well, this side's high. And if they look like that, they're level. So it's like Sesame Street. You learn to feel the bone. You get your eyes level with your fingers and you make an assessment. Is once okay, this side's clearly high, and then a second later, well, they look pretty level. This was how I get a yes or no answer. I could also okay. measure the occipital ridge, sometimes it looks like this or like that. And you just look and say, Well, my thumb is high on this side, that's what I'm actually looking at. I'm looking at this, and there's that's no right. question in my mind. I lift up, it stops, it's, it's high on that side or the other side. So when I touch, so if I meditate on an object and then touch them with the object 
with the intention of causing alignment because I can hand somebody the object and it doesn't do anything. Right. But if I somebody with the object with the intention of causing the spontaneous postural alignment, I call it SPA, then mm-hmm. they instantly align. And I can check them 10 years later and they're still aligned. It takes one second. That's what I showed the scientists at the University of Arizona was that I could align the hips and occiput in one second by touching them. And then one of the tricks that I showed them was I had a pendant. We have a quantum touch pendant. I don't have one with me right now, but this one has been programmed so that if you touch somebody with it, you can align them immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty and it's affordable. It's it's not a big deal, but we have thousands of people adding their love to the pendant and all the pendants are joined together. I call it conscious entanglement. Let me tell you about that. I ran about almost 60 experiments to see, well, if I boil water, will the water right. hold the information? And if I turn ice to water, what? And you know, the water that boiled lost the information. I mean, maintained the information, but the water that evaporated in the lid of the pot had lost it. Water turning to ice had lost the information, but ice turning to water maintained it. And I go, well, I don't know what to expect. This is fun. So one of the questions that I had was, if I join objects in my mind, will they all be connected? So a woman put her change on a table. And this is a way I have a number of objects that I've never seen before. And so I'm I'm looking at this handful of change. And I'm joining all the objects in my mind. I'm not trying to do any healing or anything on them. And I hand them out to like six or seven people. And I take the last coin for myself. And I'm going to meditate on this coin and cause spontaneous postural alignment in this coin. That's your intention. Yeah, that's the intent that I I put that information of aligning the sphenoid bone in there. And then when I measured the people they were all instantly aligned because they're all holding one of the coins that i joined together and i call this phenomenon conscious entanglement that i'm entangling these objects together in my mind and so the pendant is a technology of conscious entanglement so we i first made like a hundred of them and i sent them out to my top instructors and top people around the world and instantly we had a demand for a thousand of them people wanted more they wanted to have their huh. own. So what I would do is when I made them, I join them all together in my mind. I'm working with them. I'm running energy into all of them. Now we have all of our instructors running energy into every new one that's made. So it's hmm. not just me doing it. But now we have tens of thousands of people who have run their energy into your pendant. And you can only access it if you ask for it. So you say, what do I want? I want to feel uh, calm. So I want the energy and the essence of the calm that people have put into this and just tap yourself with it or whatever and start receiving it. And so if I want to do a spontaneous postural alignment, I no longer have to think about the meditation, the heart chakra, the projection of the energy, the sphenoid bone. I just take an object I meditated on and tap them with it. Tap the shoulder. Tap their nose. And I usually say boing for uh-huh. comedic effect. I go boing and that's it. There's nothing that you, it's already done. Done. It's already done. But if you hand it to somebody and say, hey, isn't this pretty? And they look at it, they go, yeah, it's nice. And it didn't do any alignment at all. But if you hold it 
with the intention of causing the alignment, and then you touch them with it, done, instantly done. And this is one of the ways people get excited about the work. The other thing is, when you realize when your child or your grandma or your friend is in pain, you don't have to run to the health authority. I mean, it's a good idea to get that when it's needed, but what can you do now? So I did uh, a research project with the University of California, Santa Cruz, and I demonstrated with the men's basketball team how it worked on injuries. And what we saw was that a 10-minute session caused a 50% reduction in their pain. And every session, I had people fill out the form before the session, how much pain they had, how long they had it, you know, what the injury was, so forth. Then I had to fill out the form after words and and how many minutes I'd worked and then how much the pain had shifted and then the coach signed off on every one of them so it was like real clean and I gave him a copy of every one every session and I didn't have to eliminate we did a hundred sessions and the result was that there was a 50 percent drop in both mean and median pain levels from a 10-minute session and a lot of these players wouldn't let me work more than three or four minutes because they wanted to get back on the court they jam their finger and I work on it. Okay, well, it went from an eight to a two. That's good enough. I'm going to be back on the court. Uh, giving me two, you know, five more minutes, we could probably get it to a zero. Maybe not, okay. but, you know, these things were happening. When you're saying these things and you went to the Arizona and th- those people are like, you're, this isn't going to go anywhere because of where the life that we live in, the world we live in. But when you yes. hear those stories, I mean, like, why did I have to find you on a podcast? And, you know, now I'm like all over it. But, you know, it just it amazes me to think. I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about even, you know, just the even it putting it like, how do you find one of those little things that you're talking about? Where do you get that? Dependence. Dependence. Quantum touch. The quantum oh, okay. touch. We have a store and we sell dependence. And okay. some people even want to get the. Um, the custom-made solid gold ones or, you know, or a solid silver one. But most people just get the copper with, you know, gold or silver plating on it. And that works just fine. They're all the same. It's just that they want to have a real piece of jewelry, not something with a little crystal in the center. And it's really pretty, but it's, you can Google it and see that it's there, but, or just go to quantumtouch.com store. Are you um, training these quantum touch healers? Is that something that you're doing on an ongoing basis or do they start training? Not, not, not anymore. I'm one of those people who likes being a pathfinder, not maintaining a structure. So right. I want to discover new things and, and write new books and create new projects and stuff like that. So now we have at least 100 instructors around the world and they're training other instructors. Okay. And so all the systems are codified sufficiently and we have new workshops coming up from time to time when other instructors discover new things and they're teaching these classes and the curriculum is is fairly set at this point i mean it's evolving still as people learn more and say, oh here's a better way of doing this let's go there right but by and large my interest is is what comes next and so i'm looking at becoming a, a tv producer and I thought of like a dozen or 15 shows that I would want to see. Oh, and cool. So I just need, if anybody, if there's an agent out there who wants to get me appointments, I'll talk to production companies. We'll talk about making these other shows. But there's 
so much garbage out there on TV and I, I know how to entertain. So let's use things that would be uplifting, informative and inspiring, like right. outlandish solutions to the world or whatever it is that would be like, wow, I really want to watch that show. And so these are things that I'd want to see. Oh, Can we sure. do, you know, exploring the, the limits of human potential. I want to go into the hacking the law of attraction book that yeah. I think and how it, that started. And, you know, when you think of the COVID time, and I was going to ask you right. before we get into that, when, when you see the shift in our lifetime and why we chose to be on this planet at this time is when this shift yes. is happening. And, you know, yeah. your work is going to be coming, you know, it's just like starting. It's just barely trickling out right now it's like we're gonna yeah. have the tv shows and you know you've, i'm sure you've already been in that future and have loved that future so i'm sure it's coming because <laughs> yeah. you know how to Good. create yeah. this amazing law of attraction that you that, yes. that we're going to talk about now but covid your whole entire business went dark everything shut yeah, down well, it was a seminar business right and all the seminars were canceled overnight so that was it and we hadn't yet gotten like seminars over the phone. And by the way, the, the long distance seminars are not as fun. They're neither as fun to teach or to take. And then people don't have these experiences as much where they're just like blown away by the energy and the healing they experienced and what seeing what they had the impact on other people. They don't get that as much. So it's just right. not as, it hasn't been as rich. So it's, it slowed down our growth a lot. But what happened was when it hit, my income went pretty much down to zero. And I thought, well, in six or nine months, I might have trouble with my mortgage, right? So I uh, thought, what can I do to bring in some income? And I tried a few different things, but nothing were going to catch and suddenly get me a new income. So I thought, well, what do I have? And I had bought some stock in a company that likes to make promises, but they never actually deliver a product and they keep raising money. So it's sort of like a Ponzi because they just <laughs> keep taking money, but they never actually give it back out. And I wanted to sell the stock and the stock had gone way up in value, but they won't buy the stock back and they won't make it easy for you to sell it either. And I tried every logical way of selling the stock. I contacted every person who was a friend of their company on Twitter. Nobody was interested in buying stock at a discount. And so I was like, darn, I got to use the law of attraction because I can't do it logically. I'd run out of logic. And see, the way the law of attraction has been taught is often designed to make people fail. It's not, it's only because the structure of the way they do it. Imagine what you want, believe you have it, live as if it's true. And then the universe will give you what you want. The problem with that is you don't have it. And living as if it's true is called lying to yourself. Right. And where in metaphysics and spiritual growth is lying to yourself a preferred technique? I'm going to act as, and act as if is a doing energy. It's the right. energy of doing. And doing is not allowing. So it's backwards. And the more you do, the less you're allowing. Right. Allowing is receiving. You know? Yeah, sitting and, in the hot tub. <laughs> I love that. And that's the that's my favorite uh analogy is that what do you have to do to enjoy a hot tub on a cold night? How do you do it? You no, know, you just go, 
and just enjoy. That's the energy of receiving is that energy of experiential pleasure and joy. So I understood metaphysically that there are thousands of possible futures. There's not just one possible future. There's thousands and thousands of them. And so I started thinking, all right, is there a future where I sold my stock? Yeah, sure there is. Of course, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. Maybe it isn't right. probable, but it's possible. And then I saw that future. And I knew enough to bring it closer to myself and to start sending heart energy into that future, sending the love into that future. And then very quickly, I started feeling that future was becoming brighter and more alive. That future started feeling intense. And after about two minutes of it, I got the download. And it was like, oh, holy shit moments. Like, oh my God, I got it. And the download was this. I'm loving it, but it's loving me. Loving me, yes. It's loving me. Oh my God, I get it. I don't have to send energy to it. It's sending energy to me. Right. Now, what do I what do I do? Oh, I just I don't have to do anything. I can just receive this energy. So here's the deal. It is more real than I am. That doesn't make any sense to our logical minds. Right. But love is more real than the illusion of separation. It is more connected to source than I am. It is feeling a higher level of gratitude than I am. It is more connected to source than I am. It is more real than me. So it is healing me. See, in quantum touch, we raise our vibration and the other person matches your vibration and then their body and spiritual intelligence does its own healing. And since we keep raising our energy throughout the session, we never come down to match their vibration and feel drained or tired, unlike other practitioners who find they get tired at the end of the session. I sacrifice myself for you. Right. It's not, not a healthy approach. You raise your vibration. So this future was operating at a much higher vibration than me. Yes. So what I did was I just surrendered to it. I just let it love me. Now, 10, 12, 15 times a day, I remember the future, maybe send it love for five seconds or 10 seconds, and then kick back and let it love me. And that was my routine for day. And I started feeling like I'm just carrying this incredible joy around. Not because I have sold it, but because I am now feeling the love from that future. I'm not feeling the joy of the money. I'm feeling the joy of my future. And this is how my book is called Hacking the Law of Attraction for Effortless Manifestation. And this is what I teach, how to run the energy, how to work with the process so that you can let the future change you now. And then three days on the third day, Jennifer, who you met a moment ago before we turned this thing on, she receives a letter in the mail from a stranger in New Zealand asking about the stock. Of course. I mean, come on, come on. (laughs) So come on, that doesn't happen. So when she says that to you, you're like, what do you do? I'm like, 
excited and blown away. So I sent him an email and said, hey, can you help me sell my shares? And he says, yeah, how many you got? Well, I got a lot, I got thousands of them. <laughs> All right, great, let's do this. So uh, he, within about, I don't know, six, eight weeks, I had about three and a half years of income come in. Amazing. From selling the shares. And then there were other crazy miracles that, that were happening. And well, I'll tell you one more that was kind of a great story. I moved from Arizona to Loom, Mexico. And this part of the miracle is this woman says, I'm going to travel around Mexico. Do you want to come with me? Sure. Okay. And it's just like out of the blue, practically. So she rents this apartment. And then we only had one set of keys. So one of us had to be home to let the other one in. And right. we couldn't always use text messaging because we can't always hear a text message. So we'd I'd reach as high as I could and knock on the window. And so she'd knock on the window or I'd knock on the window. Okay, we're home. And so I'm waiting for her to come back and I hear a knock on the window and it's really loud. All right. So I open the door, look out the gate and there's these two guys and they have a key and they're opening the gate. And I say, hey, what's up? And they said, oh, we're just coming in. And the guy stares at me and goes, who are you? What do you do? I said, well, I've been involved in energy healing and writing books. He goes, oh my God. And we get talking. So I invite them in and they get me excited about making my documentary that I'd been thinking about, but I put on the back burner because I had no interest in it. So I start rewriting it, the script for the documentary idea. And then I met three other producers while I was there and they all got me rewriting the script, but I realized none of them were the right people to work with. And when I got to Maui, I got in touch Somebody's shooting something and I got in touch with the producer I'm working with for the Galileo project. And, but it was the knock on the window. Right. I said, Hey, come on, we want to do this project. So it wasn't the end result, but it was the thing that was moving me to the end result. Right. It was, it, you know, when you, when you're talking about com- compounding and miracle, you know, like that whole, I love yeah. that. Talk about miracles. Cause you, I mean, there's a whole thing about your miracles. Yeah. Miracles, the functional definition of a miracle is when something happens that exceeds your expectations. So there could be grand miracles like, you know, all of a sudden I got a few years income. Right. Where there's no logic behind it at all. A stranger in New Zealand writes a letter. Come on, that's crazy. Or you can just get the impossible parking place. I love doing that. Yeah. It's the whole spectrum of miracles that can occur. But they're natural and they're ordinary. And if you're not experiencing miracles, you're probably in a lot of pain. Right. You're probably dealing with a lot of emotional suffering and you need to shift your energy. And so this is another whole part of the curriculum. See, in 1980, I woke up one morning with really severe flu symptoms. I had a deep gurgling chest cough. I had a high fever, I had bones aching, I had a headache, I was congested, I like the whole works. I felt a sore throat, really bad sore throat. And I felt as bad as I knew how to be. And so I, as bad as I could feel. So I wrap myself in a blanket and go to sit where I'm going to meditate. And instead of getting, you know, lemon juice and hot water or something logical, what right. I did was I remember words of a spiritual teacher I'd been working with who said all illness is the result of suppressed anger primarily uh, anger. 
other emotions too, but it's suppressed anger. Anger is an active emotion that needs to be released. And if it isn't, your body will express it as a health condition. It could also be relationship or success issues too, but that's another story. So I started thinking, okay, what am I upset about? And I spent like six or eight minutes and I'm looking at my childhood, but I'm emotionally numb. I can't feel any emotion. That's part of my huh. illness. I just, just fit, emo, I'm emotionally numb. And that's part of the flu. You just don't feel anything. Yes. Terrible. Right. So all of a sudden, it dawned on me that one of my housemates had said something in front of friends that was intentionally designed to humiliate me. And I felt it deeply. So I wow. pretended nothing had said, so we'd go away sooner. Right. Uh, I just, oh, nothing, nothing happened. Okay, we're just right. going to move on. And <laughs> but three days later, I've got the flu. So I start letting myself feel it with intensity. I'm feeling, I've, I think I started crying a little bit. Then I just got really angry and I just vented for like four, hmm. five, six minutes, whatever it was. I just vented without any structure, just venting whatever I'm feeling. Then I got up and took a shower and Drove downtown Santa Cruz, where I was living, sat in the sun in my favorite coffee shop. Halfway through a cup of coffee, I'm staring into the coffee going, oh, my God, I was sick this morning. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, all symptoms completely gone in one hour. One hour. And then it took me about a year and a half or two years to come up with a concise system for finding emotional causes. And that is, I ask these simple interrogative questions, like what emotions do you feel because you have it? When did it begin? And so forth. I got like eight important questions. And then I write down everything they say verbatim and I pump them for more answers. Well, what else, what other symptoms do you have? And what other emotions do you feel? And so forth. And I write everything down verbatim. I don't make anything up. And then after I get as much as I think I can get out of them in 10, 15 minutes, I say, well, let's see, this began eight years ago. Where were you eight years ago? Well, yeah, I was living over there, blah, blah. Okay, so you kind of have that time frame in mind. At that time, was there an emotional situation where you felt like, and I read two or three of their most graphic responses, like you feel you were being repeatedly stabbed in the back. Well, yeah. Did you feel hopeless? Yeah. Did you feel helpless? Yes. And so... Then I, once I got two or three, they say yes to, I go through every one of the 40. Did you feel sad? Did you feel depressed? Did you huh. feel this? And right through all 40 out of 40 fit like a glove to describe that emotional situation. There's no right. doubt. So what do you do with these emotions? Well, they're the ones I never want to feel. And I hand them the list and say, maybe you're feeling it in your body instead of feeling it as an emotion. And then all of a sudden the lights go on. You go, oh my God. They get it. And then it took me about 17 years to figure out the rest of the system. Because knowing what the emotion was, it's not half the battle. It's a seven-step process. And it takes people from symptom to unfathomable gratitude that they had had the condition. Uncontainable self-love. Yes. Because what happened is the symptom is showing that we stopped loving ourselves. Right. So it goes like this. The first step of the process is the discovery. What is it? Oh, it's 
my ex or my dad or whatever the issue was that happened that is expressing itself as a symptom. The second step is all the release techniques. There's a lot of them. How do you release the hurt as opposed to the anger or the shame or the guilt as the four? And the fear is just a reflection of those other ones. Right. That's why the fear is, people say it was all, all fear. No, it's, the fear is something bad's going to happen that's going to make you angry. Or the fear is anything bad that can make you really <laughs> yeah. So it isn't just fear. And people like to oversimplify. If they call it stress, that's a so, total oversimplification. You know, mom's under a lot of stress. Your child is sick. You know, mom, dad may be having an affair and she might lose her job. Okay, that's a lot of stress. So what's the answer? Relax, of course. No, that's not the answer to any of her problems. Right. And so when you generalize and call something by the wrong name, like stress, you're not dealing with the specifics that caused it. Saying, well, take the lid off the pot. It won't, it won't boil over. I'll just meditate. Okay, so the, the water isn't boiling it over, but the fire is still on the stove. It hasn't changed right. anything. So the second step is all the release processes and dealing with the past and the inner child. Third step is the dangerous step. Because if you didn't do the first two steps, you can't take responsibility for the condition. It's realizing, wow, I did this to myself. Yeah, dad hurt me, ex hurt me, they lied to me, they betrayed me, whatever it was. Yes, that really did happen. But I'm the one who's been carrying it around all these years. Yes, it's perfect. It's supposed to, yes, yes. I want people to realize that trauma or the things that they've been holding on to for all these years that have been causing this illness or whatever they've been experiencing is they're blaming or when it, if anything, it's like, thank you, taking it in and loving it and healing. Yes. And that's where this comes in, because once you understand, I did this to me, then the fourth step is the remorse. And the remorse is letting yourself feel it for five or 10 minutes. Wow, I hurt myself doing this. I did this to me. Now, if you do that really well, you may feel unforgivable, which is where you go to before you do self-forgiveness. Because if the bow, you have a bow and arrow and you only pull the bow back two inches, the arrow just falls down. But if the bow is pulled back as far as you can possibly reach, then when you release it, it goes forever. And that's what we're doing. This process, we're releasing all the emotion and realize, oh my God, I hurt myself. And that feels so bad. And then when you go into that vibration and you then do the self-forgiveness process, and I came up with this very powerful self-forgiveness process. The closest thing I can compare it to is like five grams of dried mushrooms where you go, oh, and then you feel this. (laughs) overwhelming impact of self-love coming in that's uncontainable and that's the seventh step is the uncontainable love the self-love is the sixth forgiveness is the fifth step the sixth step is the feeling of self-love and the seventh step is being completely overwhelmed by that love Mm. and you didn't even know you could feel that much self-love because it's so intense it's so strong and beautiful you know and i have people that i work on and i always talk about self-love and that's the the biggest part of, you know, realizing yeah. that it is the only thing is love, <laughs> you yeah. know, when you come down to, but I you talk about love and I, you wrote it in your book about what love is. And I wish I, oh, the definition of love is being changed by love. Yes. That's the definition of being loved. It's being, being changed loved. by love. Yes. Now, what is love? It's complex because it's not one thing. But if you think of all the chakras of the body, what do the chakras provide? 
security, pleasure, emotional expression, love, communication, insight, wisdom. These are what the chakras are all about. Well, love provides safety, security, pleasure, right. oh, adoration, understanding, wisdom, and it's going to provide all those things. And then it also gives and receives all those energies. And it's a synergy of energies. It's not, it's not a single thing. But getting to the self-love is vital. And I call this technique, the system rather, self-created health. Because you are creating your own health through connection with self, the big S, mm-hmm. the higher self, who yes. we really are. And this is one of the workshops in the Quantum Touch curriculum is self-created health. And there's a book that's been, it's on the back burner. It's being written by one of my top instructors. Actually, she's the longest standing instructor in Quantum Touch, Henry Virgil. And she's been gathering notes for like the last eight or nine years on this. Every single insight put together the, the guidebooks and everything, constantly evolving the work and hopefully you know, she'll get the book finished and I'll write the intro and the ending of it. But that's going to be another book that'll come out eventually. Is And the book you're writing now is what? I'm not working on another book right now. I was starting one called uh, Outlandish Solutions, but then I realized it'd be better as a TV show. So I'm working on finishing up the documentary and wanting to see like a, a dozen or more shows that I could conceive of because people aren't reading books as often as they had. So it doesn't seem to be the medium where people are receiving information as well. So right. I'm, I'm wanting to pivot and it's not that I'm not going to write more books. I only write a book when I have a new discovery. And how do you get these discoveries? Like, what are you doing? What, what is your day like in Maui? What are you doing to discover all these amazing things? <laughs> Well, I take my cat to the vet recently, and I don't know how to create a discovery. I just am open to it, and I desire it. And I never know when they're going to come along. And my books are written in this very uneven pattern. The first book came out in 78, and the next one came out in 1986. Because I didn't have a new thing that was like so... I mean, the first book came out... Yeah, it was maybe yeah, it was eighty six. So that's a long time to wait for another discovery. Right. And the next one, only a few years after that. So once I've got something that's so completely different and fantastic, I got to write a book about. It. I got to share it. Right. And so, so but you're opening. Yeah, so the happy well, law of attraction. Open. Right. That's how I'm you're discovering. Yeah, discovering by just being open to it. And then wait for the magic to come. But I suspect I have another, I've only halfway through the books I'm going to write. Then I've got another five more books that are are going to be coming. I think four more after self-created health. So there's going to be lots more discoveries on the way. I just don't know what they are yet. How you get into the highest vibration. Do you do certain things? Do you meditate for certain, uncertain things? I, I meditate. I think that the main thing is, is to have a future that you are excited and passionate about and let the future heal you. To release the pain and the suffering that you carry and realize that your limiting beliefs and the wounding that you carry 
is true, is 100% true, but it's also completely malleable that we can shift these things inside of ourselves and we don't have to be stuck in the past. I think I'm I'm kind of going through some issues myself right now because the world is feeling like it's getting dumbed down and sicker. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I'm kind of work having to do some inner work on myself right now because I can be as enthusiastic and passionate as I've ever been as a teenager. Right. I have or a child. I still have that potential of that. But I'm also like, but I feel like I'm hitting cultural walls. Huh. Where more than ever. Yeah, more than ever of all things. Huh. That that I haven't been able to get this out to the larger scale, you know, that it's like, I'm talking to a smaller and smaller audience all the time. Really? Or I meet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's the culture is, is closing down on so many levels right now where, uh, do you think it has to close down? Do you think it has to close down before? Is that like the calm before we could, it could be, we have to go through the contraction, but when you look what's happening in China, where they just have more and more social controls on people and they have social credit scores and you say something or you protest at the bank and now they say you have COVID and now you're put, now you have to be locked away because you have COVID. So you're not allowed to have opinions. And I see the, the conversations culturally happening where there's just this continual dumbing down of everything. And so I'll tell you, my producer was explaining that in order to sell one of the shows she did, she had to take the people off as producer director and put in black people to, in order to sell it. And then it sold immediately that in Hollywood, they have discrimination now against male people, older people and white people. So until I've I've actually sold something, I'm not going to be considered like because the young producers are 25 and 30 everything right and so you look at the, the new lord of the Rings shows that that's going to be coming out on um prime and people who've seen it don't like it and you have to have a woman now who is the warrior she can't have right. beautiful feminine quality she has to be a warrior and now you have to have a black dwarf you know and now you have to have a you know a woman dwarf, and then she has to be obese. And and wait a second, because they have these categories that they have to fill. Yes, I want a colorblind society, but not where you have to enforce colorblindness. You have to enforce it. I wanted to just be that we can just enjoy each other. Right. And that's exactly I'm feeling like this, this whole intensity of and then the crushing down of my life's work by Hmm. having to remove all all the good stuff from the website. It's something that I'm having to deal with like this, the crushing of the business and the crushing of, of the ideas and that, that you can't take this idea to a university and have them be open to discovering something new. So right. there's this part of me that, that feels like I'm, I'm looking for a new rebirth, a new yeah. opening. I can feel like I met again because I don't, like I don't have conversations with people that I meet in Maui that want to explore these levels of reality that people aren't. I don't know why that surprises me so much. Well, because you're on that vibration. You're passionate about this stuff. You're curious and you want to grow. 
But like, I want to get all, you, I want to get my whole kids trained in this quantum touch. Like I'm like, we need to open yes, up a thing yeah. and start doing this healing. And, you know, I just yes. see the future as being this, I do your meditations. I want to end on your meditation, by the way. And I know we're coming to the end, but I want people to understand the the power in the way you describe, you know, there's so many possibilities. There's so many yes. futures. Well, a friend of mine wanted to open up what we would call zero pain clinics where we could just do quantum touch sessions and people, you know, first session free and come on in. And, and then we realized that that's called a medical claim. Wow. That's called practicing without a life. You're not allowed to use words like, well, we can help with pain reduction. We're not allowed to say that. So we can't even tell the truth about what's happening. Right. So this is some of the stuff that I'm having to deal with in terms of my own personal process. Look, I've made a lot of discoveries. I'm not a guru. I'm not fully enlightened here. I'm still right. working on my process. Right. And so, you know, we're all in process, but I have all these gifts to share with people. And if they're open to receiving them, I'm more than thrilled to help them take the simple, easy steps to learn how to get all the way through to where they want to go. And yet uh-huh. at the same time, I'm still working on my stuff because it's right. never evolving. We're always, right? We're always evolving yeah. and exactly. expanding. But you have made me evolve and expand. So I thank you for that. I want to go to the end. I want to, can we do that little meditation where you have the future cards and how you send the love and all that? Okay, yeah. So if you can think of something that you want, and what I would suggest is think of something you really want, but here's the caveat. It doesn't cause you any fear. If it's like, oh my God, if I really had that, that would scare me kind of thing. If you find right. one that doesn't have any fear behind it, we can just play this game right now. And it's a really fun little thing to do. And a nice way to end it as well, as you said. So imagine that there's thousands of possible futures and you can have your eyes open or closed. It's all good either way. And find a future that makes you feel really happy. And that it doesn't cause you any fear at all. No trepidation. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if? Wouldn't that be fun if? And then when you see that future, imagine where that future is in your mind's eye. Is it off to the left? Is it up high? Is it to the side? Bring it directly in front of you. And when it's in front of you, I just want you to love it up. Breathe a little more deeply than normal and just send it love. Just fill it with love. Let it get a little brighter. And let it get a little closer. And just adore it. Feel the joy that it brings you and send it that love, send it the joy. And now relax and see if you can let yourself feel it loving you. See if you can relax a little bit. Breathe gently and feel how, while it's loving you, it's healing you. And then all you have to do is send it love from time to time during the day and let it love you back. And that's how you shift your vibration. Not by, I'm going to live as if I have it. No, it's just, ah, that's the energy of receiving. And the world needs a lot more receivers. Right. You know, 
whether it's in business or lovemaking or anywhere, it's all about learning how to hold the energy and how to receive and be transformed by it. I love that. I love that. I love you. I love this whole thing. I'm definitely in the vibration of allowing it into my space and my life and sharing it with my listeners. And I know everyone on this show listening right now is just going to be doing the same thing as I did, you know, getting your books and learning. Ashley, you're wonderful. You really embraced what you could learn from it. And you've done the work to shift your own vibration through this. And so you've done the work. See, I can only hold the inspiration, but you actually have to receive it and do the work to get there. And you've been doing it. So thank you. I really appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. So we can find you. You can go to Amazon and buy all his books. Richard Gordon, just put that in there. And if all the books come out, I have the, the new human right now with me. And I have the hacking, the law of attraction. Those two I've been reading. And they're so they're just the way you write too. It's not, it's so easy to, you know, you're just like the teacher in the way you word things. I I had a philosophy early on about writing that I wanted to make it so simple and direct that if I was 11 or 12 years old, I'd be able to read it and understand it fully. And so I may rewrite a dozen times before I get it clean. And then I said, it's my editor who fixes it after I've done all (laughs) that work. So I do try very hard to make it as understandable because what's the point of writing something if you can't understand it? It's, it doesn't really yeah, make sense. But that's what I loved about it. It wasn't hard to understand you. I mean, even this new human book, like that could be really difficult to, to grasp, but it wasn't. I even would no. teach it to my kids. They could read it. You know, they would be immediately understand. Yeah. It. yeah, they can, they can do it immediately. Yeah. That's the vision of my future. We share that. And I want to have that. I just, you know, when you were talking about doing the meditation right now, I want to, my visual, what I was sending my love to was seeing it in schools and seeing me having these camps and, you know, having these kids just being, I could cry talking about it. It's like being lifted and understanding their power that we all have. And it's just so which were so pushed down and, you know, in these school, when I hear the I girls come home from school and what they were learning and like, what a waste of time. And what, a, you know, they go to private schools and money and like, you know, and we could be going to learning these amazing things, you know, instead of going to learn geometry, we could be learning quantum touch yeah. healing and changing the world. There's so many extraordinary things that education could include. And the first one is the passion for learning. The first thing they learn is how much fun it is to learn. Mm-hmm. And that it isn't, isn't a punishment where you have to follow A, B, C, D. Right. Let's study dinosaurs. I want to know about dinosaurs. Oh, what are you actually learning? You're learning to read. You're learning math. You're learning history. You're learning geology. You're learning, you know, a hundred different subjects. But as long as the kids are passionate and they're doing something they're excited about, they never lose their passion. And right. then you could show them the really good things, like how to know yourself, how to trust yourself, how to develop internally internal sources of self-esteem, the honesty, the integrity, the self-responsibility, the trust. How do you learn to consciously love yourself? This is like real education. Yeah. And you're in, now you're 
inspiring me because there's so many things along these lines that I want to see, but, you know, it's just been, you know, like walking through mud some of the time because the culture has been blocking a lot of this, this change. When I started teaching, this podcast was, is like two and a half years old and it was COVID that started this. And I started teaching parents were coming to me saying, can you please help my kids? They're having, they're in quarantine and all this. Right. And I've always been law of attraction, you know, Abraham Hicks, all the Wayne Dyers. And, you know, I've always studied my whole life. So I've always instilled this in my children. And it's just such a passion of mine. And I didn't realize it until they get to teenage years where it's like, oh my gosh, they get it. Now they're using it in their life. They're not these little babies that I've been, you know, teaching the, you know, I think I'm just, you know, programming them. And then all of a sudden I see these 16 and 13 year old coming. I know we're going late, but coming to this light of getting it. So yes, that's my future. I see it. I want it. I'm going to love it and push, put my loving energy in it all day long. That's my intention. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's a real real pleasure to share with you thank you so much for being here i appreciate you thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today if you are inspired by what you heard today please share it with a friend and if you haven't already please subscribe rate and review this show on your favorite podcast player if you would like to connect with me with any questions comments or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.